the end of the day, we're really a, a solutions integrator. We listen to people, listen to what their problems are, and then we will go create a solution for them. And we'll bring those three pieces together and then package it up and give it back to them in the exact format they want. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. I'm your host. It's wonderful to be back with you, and it is a privilege of mine uh, to be the host of this show and spend some time with some incredibly talented people doing some amazing things in the world, and I'm hoping that you're getting a lot of value from joining us on the show. Now, with that being said, I'm on the line with Chris Bursey, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, his uh, entrepreneurial journey, the Internet of Things, sensors, and the bright future of a company that he founded and is the CEO at, which is called Direct Communication Solutions. So with all that being said, Chris, bit of a mouthful, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Now, you and I were just talking about your daughter, her um, her sporting exploits, and I'd love to learn a little bit about that because I came to start thinking about motivation, and maybe that's probably a good place to start. Now, um, what actually motivates you, Chris? What actually gets your, your motor running every day? Um, four kids, yeah. <laughs> uh, four kids, definitely, um, you know, that responsibility and it's, uh, you know, I love the space, yeah. the space is, it's, it's growing at an amazing rate. It's fast paced. It's, it's creative. It's, uh, it's wide open and, you know, it's, it's awesome to see some of the cool things that are evolving and, you know, being in this space for 20 plus years, it's come a long way and it's, uh, it's got a long way to go, so it's very exciting. Yes, thank you. I, I know that uh, you had some exposure in, in the military and uh, you served for a number of years, which we've briefly spoken about. Um, I'd love to go back in time and just talk a little bit about, I guess, uh, your life prior to getting into this the SaaS space and uh, what it was like for you. And did any of those experiences lead you to become the founder and CEO that you are today? Yeah. Um, I'll give you the uh, the abridged version. Yes, it's, please. <laughs> uh, it's um, you know, I was in the military for eight years, U.S. Navy. Um, I was an air traffic controller on the USS Midway, USS Kitty Hawk. Um, got out of the Navy. I went to uh, university to get my degree, and I worked as a nine one one dispatcher for five years. I worked nights doing that. Got my degree. Started out in this space. Um, started out in inside sales back in. 98 99 um and just work my way through so i've i've had the you know the 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 benefit and the pleasure of working at big corporate companies i worked for uh novatel wireless which is now in sego yep um kiosera motorola and then i uh you know i parlayed that and started started dcs and you know started as a Myself and uh, one other person got it going, and we built it up to where it is today. But you know, it's a, uh, it's a lot of experiences, and you know, biggest thing I've learned over the years is just you know being able to have the exposure and, and know how to deal with you know different people from different cultures, different mm -hmm. personalities, different languages, different everything. So you know, it's, yeah, uh, that's fantastic. It's a, 
huge, huge help in life. I can imagine. Did uh, do, you, do you recall the very first entrepreneurial experience that you had, Chris, that was the trigger point for you that, that, that told you internally, hey, this is for me? You know, I was um, I was working at Motorola at the time, and they were you know they were starting to go through some changes, and it was it was one of those things where I said, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now, and you know, it uh, it worked. It was a uh, it was a lot of hard work, and you know, a lot of uh, sleepless nights and stress, but you know, that comes with the territory, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I think today it's you know it's definitely worth it. It would I would definitely do it again. No regrets. Yeah, fantastic. Now, I forgot to ask you, Chris, uh, where are you located? Where's, where's home for you? We're actually uh, headquartered in San Diego, California. Beautiful so place. Packed hot spot. You know, we've got Qualcomm, Broadcom, a lot of uh, lot of brilliant people in San Diego. Oh, it's yeah. A, uh, it's a great tight-knit technology community. Hub, absolutely. I know a lot of people that uh, major names as well that uh, are in that space over there. Yeah. Uh, I noticed a golf uh, course behind you there. Are you, a, are you a sports person at all? Do you enjoy playing sports? or? It's... That is a picture of my first hole-in-one that I got. Oh, get out. So, are you, are you yeah. a man with a hole-in-one? I can't believe I finally met somebody who's had a hole-in-one. <laughs> I, uh, everybody gets tired of hearing it, but I want everybody in the world to know that <laughs> I finally got one, so it's uh, one of my achievements in life. It must have been a par three, surely. Oh, yeah. It was a <laughs> so do you play it as much as you possibly can, or do you have much time for recreation and things like that? Um, you know, four kids take up a lot of time with sports and school and activities and such, but, uh, yeah, I, I like to get out and play. It's uh, you know, a lot of people like coming to San. Well, prior to the pandemic, a lot of people like coming to San Diego in the winter months just because of the weather and you know, being able to go out and play golf instead of shoveling snow. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. um, given that you're so busy as a family man, um, do you have time for pets? And if you do, what types of pets do you have and love? Um, four kids. No, um, we actually <laughs> have a, uh, we have a chocolate lab. That's our. Uh, Fifth family or fifth child. Beautiful. Yeah, they got a wonderful temperament. Absolutely. Now, uh, when wow. what's what's the dog's name? Uh, Boxley. Boxley. Fantastic. So, now, uh, I'm sure there's lots of movies that uh, go through your house, but uh, if you had to choose one yourself, what's your favourite movie? Do you think? Oh, I like the uh, dumb guy movies. So <laughs> Happy Gilmore, um, stuff you know, stuff like that. Stuff of More, legends. Yeah, more mindless comedy just to uh, just number the brain. Yeah, yeah, because you would have a very active brain. You'd be deeply involved. You know, I was reading some articles um, and how you're involved on Bloomberg and other pretty predominant uh, locations on the net. And uh, I'm surprised you've got any time to rest at all. So uh, it's it's a real privilege to have you here. No, and thank you. And I will say this: I have a great team that really keeps the wheels on the bus here so you know yeah it's uh without them it would be uh it would be very different <laughs> it'd be very different now well that leads me to the next question if uh if i may um what's a day look yeah. like for you what's your daily routine involved do you are you an early riser and you know what types of things do you do i am definitely an early riser and i go to bed early but you know i like being able to get up early when everybody's still sleeping and have my coffee and catch up on emails and have that quiet time before I come 
to the office and the chaos kicks in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, when somebody like uh, like you, Chris, gets to the top of the tree, do you still think there's some value in um, educating yourself? And do you have uh, what's your best modus operandi for learning? Do you have mentors? Do you read books? What's your thing? Oh, I read. I talk to people. I I'm the first to admit I don't know everything, and I love learning about you know especially in the IoT space. I love learning about what people are doing, how they're doing it, you know, the different verticals, the use cases. It's, uh, you know, I don't want to say I nerd out, but I, <laughs> I love digging into it, reading about it, and you know, looking at websites and seeing how people are doing stuff. So Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I listen yeah. to this and I think to myself, Chris, if I may, um, you know, that we always hear about the success stories, but a, a large part of the uh, My Future Business audience are startups, uh, they're entrepreneurs uh, who are looking for opportunities, uh, and they're also investors. Um, but yeah. many of them um, learn a lot, in fact, probably more from the stories about failure. What have you learned from failure? You know, there's... Failure is really not an option. I mean, you know, it, it, I think failure comes in different levels and different forms. But mm -hmm. um, you know, I will say this: you know, we're in a uh, we're in a market where you can do whatever you want, and you know, you can be as successful as you want, or you can not. And it really, you know, do you have the motivation to go out and do it? You know, failure to me, you know, I started this company in my spare bedroom, right? So I mean. I don't think you can get much closer to, you know, pure failure than that. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, you know, you got to keep on keeping on. You got to keep on fighting every day. And, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a grind, but it's a business and it's a, uh, you know, it's a fun business, fortunately for me. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, why are you doing it? I guess would be the, the main question. But Chris, this is wonderful having this insight, this backstory. Um, and now I guess it's a really good segue into um, um, direct communication solutions. Um, yep. What is it? And tell us a little bit more about it. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're really a, a solutions integrator, right? So when you look at IoT, there's three basic pillars to every solution, right? So you've got your airtime, wireless connectivity, you've got your hardware, and then you've got your SaaS platform or user interface. So, you know, we really listen to people, listen to what their problems are, and then we will go create a solution for them and we'll bring those three pieces together and then package it up and give it back to them in the exact format they want, right? Being able mm -hmm. to see the data they want. So, you know, we're very, we're very flexible and we can be, uh, you know, very, very easy to work with when it comes to customizing a solution that fits your needs for how you need to run your business. You have a lot of uh, brands underneath, uh, I guess, the umbrella company. You know, some of them are listed behind you there, My Fleet, My Sensors, and the likes. But I also noticed one that really caught my attention was one that even monitors beer's life cycle. That really uh, got me thinking, wow, this is a very diverse, um, uh, I guess, uh, service that you're providing. It's a, uh, so it's my uh, it's my personal pet hobby that we're, uh, we're going to bring <laughs> to market. The, uh, you know, and full transparency, the pandemic really uh, kind of forced us to put it on the back burner just because all the bars and restaurants were closed. But, oh, yeah. you know, again, if you look at IoT and as a whole, it's such a broad spectrum and area. 
that you know when you really start to boil it down you have to focus on certain verticals so you know if you look at the draft beer industry for example which is what this uh, this solution will do um, the average loss on the keg of beer is 20 percent oh, wow. right? so when you start to nerd out on the you know the actual numbers a keg of beer holds 1984 ounces 20 percent of that loss is about 25 pints of beer you know you sell 25 pints at five dollars a pint there's, do the math. There's a lot of loss there. So the loss primarily in that space comes from um, temperature, CO2, overpouring, free drinks, theft, um, spillage, you know, multiple areas. So the yeah. system we've designed um, will sit on top of the keg and it will monitor the temperature at the keg level flow so you'll be able to see how many ounces were poured and then you'll be able to, you know, put that up against your, your POS data to see, you know, how many ounces were actually poured versus how many ounces were actually charged for, right? So you yeah. kind of take that theft out. Um, we built in foam over beer and then uh, shut off valves for the, the legal issue. So, you know, if last calls at 10 p.m., you can set up the system and shut off all your uh, all your kegs at the at the keg level. So there's no yeah, thank you. pours. Uh, so, <laughs> can you imagine how much money that would be saved? It's it's a uh, you know if you look at a bar for, say with eight taps in it and you know they go through you know five kegs per tap a month and you're losing twenty percent per tap at you mm. know low end five dollars high end you know you pay eight nine dollars for craft beer you know the losses add up and then you know that's from a you know a micro perspective and then when you start looking at it going out. You take that data then, and then the you know the distributors that are distributing the beer, they know that they've got real time visibility into their customers' inventory levels. They can see from a brand perspective that you're selling the beer at the right temperature, the right CO2 pressure. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, you know outside value that comes from just being able to monitor that keg. Now, there's a lot, lots of abbreviations that you've touched on already, and I think um, to simplify it for the audience, you know, you've said POS. I know what POS is because it's in the retail space, point of sale, um, but you've also talked about IoT. Um, can you explain what IoT actually is for those who may not understand that? IoT is Internet of Things. It's a, you know, it's a very broad term in my mind, and I think you yeah. Different answers from everybody you asked, but you know, from from our perspective and you know, my perception of it, it's really being able to harvest all the big data that's available in a vehicle, in a restaurant, a bar, a facility, a hospital, a school, whatever, wherever those assets are, and it's harvesting that big data and then giving it back to the end user or customer in a usable form that fits their business model so they can efficiently and effectively run their business. So overlaying that on the on the brands uh, that you uh, work with at DCS, um, what type of organizations and networks does DCS support and operate on? Um, we have multiple partners across multiple products, software, airtime, um, you know, from our perspective, you know, our job is to create a solution for a partner or a customer that solves their problem. And to do that, you have to be agnostic in a lot of a lot of areas, right? Because one yeah. piece of hardware may not fill every need, so you may have to, 
you know, different hardware, people have different relationships with different people. So it's a, uh, you know, it's really just listening to them, you know, what they need and then what they want and then focus on what they need and ultimately give them what they want. The uh, pandemic you touched on earlier, Chris, it's obviously having an impact on everything and everyone globally. Yeah. And we're all looking for brighter days. But I wonder, um, how has that affected the global supply chain and in turn uh, DCS directly? It's, um, it's, it's going to have a massive impact on it, right? I mean, I think mm. we're seeing the very beginnings of it today, right now. Um, you know, there's component shortages, there's you know, lead time issues. You know, it's, a, uh, it's tough right now. And, you know, I think we're going to see some of the lead times, you know, get pushed out this year. And then, you know, I think they'll start to contract and go back to normal lead times in the first part of next year. So do you uh, have plans to extend lead times and really accommodate for uh, future pandemics? Because let's assume that there's wow. going to be something else that happens in the future. Surely we can get smarter about these things. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of outside influences that are, you know, really putting a stress on it. You know, um, there's a technology transition going on in the U.S. right now with, you know, the carriers, the cellular carriers are they're shutting down their 2G, 3G networks and then yes. everybody to 4G. Um, you know, that's adding a lot of stress to the supply chain, you know, in itself, just having to replace all the units in the field, plus continue to build your business and grow your business by, you know, adding new subscribers or new, uh, new customers. So supply chain's tough. Um, you know, we do a pretty good job of staying in front of it and forecasting and placing POs, you know, and trying mm -hmm. to keep product on hand, but you know, it's uh, a lot of outside influences we don't have control over. So. Yeah, thank you for sharing Chris's uh, uh, great insight. Uh, you talked about 2G, what else is there? 4G and upcoming is 5G. I believe that between now and maybe a decade's time, 5G will be the standard, if not something else. What are you doing to, t to take advantage of this, I guess, this window of time? Um, so, you know, all of our new solutions are based on the latest uh, 4G technology. Um, we've already made that transition. You know, the biggest challenge that you know we're going to end up you know seeing in the near future you know by the end of this year early next year um is just being able to get accurate numbers and you know plan for the replacement of all the 2g devices that are employed in the field today that have to be upgraded to 4g so yeah you know, you know a lot of them have been but there's still a massive amount of devices out there that are you know Eventually, they're going. They're going to go dark when the carriers you know, sunset. Yeah, that's that technology. That could be seen as a big problem or a massive opportunity. And I and I think to myself, let's try and educate the the audience here, Chris. Expand your mind, uh, everyone who's on the show, because when we talk about devices, we're talking everything from what. Um, transportation we're talking medical supplies we're talking mobile devices. What are other Meters, some of the other devices? Yeah, everything. I mean, it's it's hundreds of verticals and, you know, an infinite amount of solutions that these things are in. Um, you know, it, it is a challenge, but it is a challenge that I am so looking forward to conquering this year because, you know, it, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be good for us as well as all of our customers, right? Because everybody's going to, you know, to eventually upgrade. It's just 
planning for it, getting the product in, and you know making it happen. But you know, it's a challenge that we've accepted, and uh, you know, we're going to figure go it out. For it. You you have a lot of very important relationships with suppliers and other uh, um, people. Um, have you? Um, could you tell us a little bit about, I guess, some of the the major wins that you've had in terms of mergers and acquisitions and things like that? Um, you know, we've uh, we just announced um, we launched our MyFleet Plus Vision, which is our our four G dash cam solution on U.S. cellular, which is now the uh, fourth largest cellular carrier in the U.S. after the uh, T-Mobile Sprint merger. Um, you know, we're working with uh, some bigger players in the industry that you'll see some press on here shortly. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, it's a uh, it's just fighting through the fight and you know, delivering the solutions that, that people need. Yeah, fantastic. I've been reading uh, a lot about uh, DCS leading up to the call and I was reading something about the buyout of Zergo. I wonder what happened there and how does that reflect on the valuation of uh, DCSX? Um, hats off and congratulations to those guys. You know, the uh, great group of people, they've, uh, they've done a great job and they deserve it. I mm -hmm. think it, uh, you know, I think it really is starting to, you know, give some exposure to the IoT space in general and, you know, what can be done there and the, you know, not only the technology opportunities, but the financial opportunities as well, right? So, you know, I, I, I'm thrilled that they got the valuation that they got and I hope it, uh, you know, becomes a standard and, you know, goes up from there, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you talked about pricing benefits. Um, some of the technology, and this blew my mind, can uh, be upwards of 70% cheaper than what's currently out there. Why is that? So that's on our uh, My Sensors product. So we've designed our own sensors. We've designed our own platform for for the user interface and the data. Um, so basically what we've done is we started with uh, Bluetooth technology, Bluetooth 5, and we created a uh, sensor, which is, you know, I've yet to see one that has as much features as we do, but it's uh, Bluetooth 5, and it senses temperature, humidity, light, air pressure, proximity, um, accelerometer, door open, door close, and a multi-purpose button. So, you know, this, when you start looking at the cost side of, you know, just the hardware on deploying sensor solutions, you know, it's it's typically been one sensor function per sensor. So, you know, if you wanted to do temperature and humidity, you'd have mm -hmm. two sensors. And then you have two batteries that you have to manage and, you know, two deployments and, you know, and then double the cost. So when you yeah. look at a sensor, you know, you're really taking advantage of eight sensor functions in one, one sensor. Yeah, fantastic. You've amalgamated all of them. I was actually the quality manager at a robotics and automation company for many years, some years ago, and all of this makes a great deal of sense to me. You, you know, it can impact and improve the efficiency of manufacturing, uh, logistics, deliveries, anything, fleets, the whole works. You can't even start to imagine the scope of which DCS could help people. Um, what, what's, tell us a little bit more about who you're helping at the moment. Um, you know, it's a... Uh it's a wide range, right? So on the fleet yeah. side, it's um, service companies, you know, long haul trucking, um, you know, passengers, you know, soccer moms, just tracking their kids. On the sensor side, you know, it's everything from beer, like we discussed, to yep. um, you know, 
assets to tool tracking to you know to cannabis right so when you look at the different verticals you know they're all very similar when you boil them down to where they you know they have the same basic requirements right so beer biggest enemy is temperature yeah. biggest en enemy is uh, humidity right so you know you can take that sensor data and then give it back to the business owner and then they can you know at the end of the day we will our solutions can tell you if you have a problem before it becomes a disaster yeah and fantastic it's that early notification of hey you know i've got vibration in my hvac or my you know door's been open too long or you know my temperature is spiking and i've got food or perishables Right. It, it just yep. gives you that data so you can take action on it. It's all about measurement, isn't it? And getting that real time feedback. It's uh it's all it is. It's you know, having access to that real time data that, you know, you can act on as a business owner. Yeah, there seems to be this discussion around the benefits and I guess some of the issues relating to 5G. Uh, do you see that the world is going fully wireless in the future? Um, you've talked about your Bluetooth connectivity earlier. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Oh, wires are so 2000s. Everything's <laughs> going to be wireless. It's, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when you start looking at, you know, some of these IoT solutions have five, seven, 10, 15, 20 year battery life, you know, and it's amazing, you know, what you can do with these. And then, you know, all the other wireless technologies that you can hang off it and all the, you know, peripheral accessories you can hook up to these, you know, types of solutions. It, it's amazing what you can do. It's like the world's best jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> right? can, can you imagine the copper and the optic fiber that we could, we could save just hundreds of kilometers of it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's fast. Five G, you know, the specs there is gonna, you know, it's gonna really allow that market to explode. And then the nice thing, you know, four G is still relatively new. That's where you know we're gonna spend our lives is you know, creating those IoT solutions that run on the four G side, which will be you know LT, Cat One, Cat M, or narrowband IoT. Yeah, fantastic. Um, is it a borderless um, business, DCS? Do you serve the globe or is it just locally at the moment? What's what's the plans? Um, we will sell our solutions to anybody that needs them. No, we, um, you know, we do a lot in Canada. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a couple of uh, partners in Australia that we work with that we've uh, fantastic. started you know, building the relationship and you know, starting to work things out, but that'll be, uh, that'll be good for us. And then, you know, we primarily try to stick to the U.S. in North America. That's where yeah. we're, uh, you know, that's really where all of, all of my team's expertise is in is, you know, the technologies that are available here. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of uh, talk about uh, technology security. Um, how do you, how do you go about managing the security components um, to the business, or is that? Um, yeah, I mean, ours is, you know, I don't see how, you know. There, we do have security, but you know when yeah. I look at it from our side, it's is somebody really going to try and hack in and see what your temperature is and your walk-in refrigerator? No. Or, yeah, no, because I mentioned that because I remember seeing one of your products, which was one of those on-table type 
octopus looking things where people could dial in and I, I don't know if that was actually a sensor or some other device that was on that yeah, was the uh, early prototype yes oh well, there you go that's probably why i was thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> now well, look this is this has been such a wonderful call now um, um this is also importantly an opportunity you know i know you're listed um i, I guess let's start with the tickers um what are the tickers? Are you on the Canadian markets, or US markets? Where are you? On the Canadian, it's dcsi.cn, David Charles Sam, Nora. And then on the US side, it's DCSX. Fantastic. Now, um, you're always uh, talking about how important it is to have a, a solid team of good people behind you. What is it like? Because I know a lot of people on the call um, are worried about how they're going to manage a team when they build it. And how did you find that experience when you started to employ people to, to work alongside you? Was it natural for you? It, you know, it, it goes back to that learned life experience I got while I was in the military and then yep. as a 911 dispatcher and it's just, you know, it, it's hard to judge people you don't know. You know, a lot of people have great resumes, look good on paper. Oh, yeah. Interview well. Not so much, <laughs> but, in, you know, when it's game time. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those gut things that you, you know, based on experience, you can kind of tell if somebody's going to work or not work. And, you know, from our side, it's my side personally, it's more about, how can somebody interact with the, you know, the senior executive team I've got that you know, one of the guys has been with me since the Navy. So, you know, yeah, way back. We've been working together. Now, importantly, you've, you've shared the ticker information. I bet you there's a few people on the call um, today going, how can I learn more? Um, so if they want to do that, um, Chris, where are they actually going to go? Do you have a website? Uh, you can go to our website, dcsbusiness.com. Um, and then you know, my contact information's on there for investors as well as uh, a couple of the board members. So they can Fantastic. reach out and we'll uh, share what we can share without getting into trouble. Into, into the weeds, as it were. But into the weeds, yes. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this call, Chris. Um, there is absolutely so much more that we could cover um, about um, DCS. I wish you all the very best with it. And with thank all that you. being said, this has been just an absolutely incredible show. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.